Good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast. It's Saturday, May 15th. Hope you had a great week. And uh, let's get right into it, folks. Uh, why I do this. My sons, Bobby, Jack, they're in their 20s. And uh, frankly, this is a great excuse for me to stay connected to them uh, on a you know almost daily basis. And, um, and it just works. Uh, I, was, I was a broker in the 87 crash, got my head handed to me and realized that uh, I needed to learn a lot. And so I did. I went back and earned my MBA. I read everything. I read a, you know, hundreds of books, everything from Livermore to Lynch, uh, really studied technical analysis, reading charts. And I go technical analysis first, fundamental second. It's not right or wrong. It just works for me. Uh, I read uh, voraciously the journal, Barron's, The Economist. I listen to dozens of podcasts. I devour relevant newsletters. And I monitor what my Google alerts uh, on all these crazy themes I come up with, what uh, Google alerts kicks out. And I point you to them. I always give attribution. Uh, If you want to read all that stuff, great. They're always in the show notes. But if you don't want to do that, know that I'm doing it for you. And hopefully in this half hour week, delivering you money-making ideas uh, on a regular basis. And tell me if I'm not, but that's the intent. Uh, I eat home cooking. I have no conflicts. All I do is talk about what I'm invested in, what I'm interested in. And um, uh, so what are your pain points? Uh, I really want to be helpful and serve. Uh, and I'd like your feedback. Problems you want me to solve or at least address. Topics I should cover. Uh, keep them coming, please, and thank you. Uh, uh, ideas for the future. We've been doing this about a week. You know, Mike and I got together in the, in the depths of covid and I think we both thought we were crazy, uh, and and we started doing this. And we'll always do a, a free component of what we do, but we have to pay for the show. I got to pay Mike, and you know and other things. And so what I'm going to be doing is offering you know premium levels, Patreon levels. Don't know exactly how that's going to shake out, but uh, you know, for example, a weekly call with me that's an hour, maybe more in depth where your personal stocks and your personal ETFs, we can go through that. Or just, you know, questions about what's going on in the markets. Uh, I, I teach technical analysis. I would love to do that. I really enjoy it. Uh, and I'm realizing that I see things that the rest of the world doesn't see. I used to think everybody it was obvious to everybody. I'm realizing that's not the case. And I want you to help me design the show. Uh, I, could you suggest guests that I should reach out to or shows I should appear on? I really want to do that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm always searching, but I miss things. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Um, and, uh, I realized this week that we, we, uh, I sold one of my positions and I text Mike and I text my sons and I'm wondering if you'd like that to be broadened out to you so that you see, you know, in real time what I do and, and not have the lag. So my um, my number is 610-331-4283. And uh, tell me if that's a service that you think would add value. I think it would, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you think. Uh, my disclaimer, this is not investment advice. Please conduct and share your own due diligence. The more this becomes a community, the more money we make, the more fun we have, and uh, and I really appreciate it. So the first part of the show is fan mail always, and I really enjoy this. Uh, I'm constantly getting questions on GameStop. And, uh, you know, I said it this past week, it's do or die for GameStop and this idea of, of a wedge uh, breakout, uh, which is obviously what all you holders are, are looking for. Um, but it also, I also put the position, the uh, possibility out that it could break down. 
and we're frankly at at at, uh, at high noon. Uh, you know, the deciding point, tipping point. You know, you pick your uh, your metaphor. Uh, the, the wedge is just about done, and it's got to happen now. I mean, this week, Monday, Tuesday, you know, they, they hire the CEO of their dreams. They, they find the digital strategy of their dreams. And, and uh, you know, we need a high-volume breakout now, period. And um, there's only 11, well, only, there's 11.1 million shares short. The kerosene has been reduced dramatically so you don't have the squeeze capability that you used to have that drove this thing to 483 in the first time. So stay tuned. Uh, I want to uh, have this break that 212 level and, and, and rock and roll, but it's, it, it's long in the tooth now. So I'm, I'm going to tell you when I'm right, and I'm going to tell you when things don't work out too. That's just the way it is. Uh, AMC, getting more questions on this, and, uh, and I tweeted about this and, and sent some other things out this past week. Uh, and go to at, at Bakes Takes underscore for my, my tweets, because uh, I tend to do it when these things are really happening. Uh, big picture on, on AMC, the movie theater company, uh, the short interest is is really high, 93 million shares. So it's a, there's a lot of kerosene around an AMC, and uh, uh, it, it, you know, it's just a nice-looking chart. We took out this 1222 level that I mentioned. We're doing it on big volume. Please go to the YouTube channel and check out the arrow that I drew here. Uh, and above 1454, you know, that's that's resistance. And when you take that out, you know, you're going higher, I think. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a prettier chart. The volume is picking up on the upside, which I know I harp on ceaselessly, but it works. And uh, so AMC is looking interesting to me. And uh, you know, let me know what you think and, 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 and argue with me if you want to. So my take is uh, GameStop, GME, now would be great. Otherwise, the wedge didn't work. And that just happens. This, this is a game of probabilities. And, uh, you know, if you can be Ted Williams and hit 406, you can make a lot of money in this business. Uh, AMC, uh, the Wall Street Bets uh, friends that I have uh, asked me about it. And it looks bullish. It really does look bullish. Uh, it looks real bullish from about 1454. So, uh, so stay tuned. Uh, next, Charlie from Texas. Uh, Charlie, thanks for, for uh, sending your question in again. And he asked about ETFs. I won't go through the whole question here, but in essence, is there an opportunity of arbitrage, a, a discrepancy in price where the price of the ETF is different than the, the NAV, the underlying portfolio that uh, represents the ETF? And are there ways to, to make money from those discrepancies? And the short answer is I don't think so. Uh, there's an authorized participant that forms creation units. So ETFs uh, 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 grow and shrink with, 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 with uh, buy and selling flows. And so, for example, an ETF tracking the S&P 500, they'd form a creation unit of all the shares in the S&P in, in a weighting equal to the underlying index. And then they would transfer the creation unit to the ETF provider on an equal NAV value basis. And, uh, and so to make a long story short, the authorized participant, Bank America, JP Morgan, somebody like that, is, is doing what you're suggesting. They're, they're uh, either they're closing the gap if it exists, and it's probably pretty small usually between the ETF price and the NAV on an ongoing basis. So uh, I, I don't think there's much to do here. I think there's other things to do with your time. I like your thought process, but I think that, that you know, there's someone sitting on a desk uh, in Manhattan right now that, that, that wants to keep the NAV and the, 
the ETF price uh, roughly equal, and I think they do a pretty good job of it because I haven't seen any wild discrepancies in a long time. So, Charlie, thanks for the question. That's my my story, and I'm sticking to it. Bobby, my oldest son, uh, uh, when he was home, we talked about, you know, uh, is the economy extended? Is the stock market extended? You know, what do you think about stimulus and unemployment? And uh, I really thought long and hard about this. Um, my first inclination is I can't buy the economy. You can't buy the economy. We can buy stocks or ETFs that comprise groups of stocks. And so that's my the lens and filter that I always go through. I've, I, I, you know, I've never been an economist. I've never played one on TV. I don't think that, that having an economic opinion and, and then, you know, investing with that it's never made me a lot of money. So I'm, I'm very, you know, bottoms up, very chart driven. And I like to catch, you know, big themes early and then, and then ride them as long as I can. And this came to bear this past, you know, couple of weeks. And I just used Apple as an example because it's the number one stock in the S&P. But the Apple earnings, revenue and earnings, blew the doors off, blew the doors off. And the stock didn't care. And, and, and so when that happens... You have to ask yourself, what's it going to take to find an incremental buyer that can drive the stock higher? And that's what we care about. And the answer is the market has already discounted this good news. And it goes back to the conversations we had in July or, or August of last year. You know, why is this disconnect? Why is the stock market screaming in the midst of horrible economic news, horrible COVID news? And the answer is stocks are a discounting mechanism. They sense the future. They price in the future before it gets here. And so to rely on the news to to make money in stocks is going to be a very frustrating experience. And I hope that I give you some tools so that we get on, on, on things earlier. So, um, uh, and then the next part is, uh, and, and, and Bobby, this dovetails very nicely with your question, Stan Druckenmiller was all over the uh, the airwaves this past week. He was on CNBC. He wrote an op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal, and uh, he said the Fed is playing with fire. And in essence, I won't go through the whole, but I recommend you go to it. I got the link to both the interview in CNBC and the story in the in the Wall Street Journal here. And what he in essence says, and I agree with this fervently, the emergency conditions are behind us. There's no need to. Uh, have the Fed buying $40 billion of mortgages every month and $80 billion, with a B, of of treasuries every single month. The the COVID situation is dramatically better with the mass news that we had the other day. And just look at the numbers. It's just, you know, it's over. And, and you know, and, and so this, this, uh, this thought process that we have to keep flooding the money the flooding the the market with liquidity and with money to keep everything going uh i think is crazy but uh, so here's my take the the um uh the the bank of america's the jp morgan's the other ap's that that are looking for this arbitrage in the etf world i think it's it's too fleeting to exploit i'd go to other things um, uh, you know, tech is, is giving us a warning sign, Bobby, about the extended nature of the of the market where you have terrific earnings and people yawn. That's a problem. You want to have upside surprises that agree with applause and new highs, and we're not seeing that. 
So now other groups are showing different action, which we can talk about. Uh, uh, the Druckenmiller concerns, by the way, applies to, to Congress and Biden as well. We don't need this infrastructure bill. We don't need the extent of it. We don't need all the pork and fat and largesse that's in it and all the squandering that Congress is, is famous for. So, uh, you know, and we're talking uh, numbers with a T, you know, one, two trillion. It adds up to be real money. And so we have this this overheating economy, rapid inflation, which we'll talk about some more, and then the Fed pouring money uh, uh, onto the system, and then the uh, uh, Congress borrowing money to put into, you know, whatever Biden thinks is an infrastructure bill, and someone should buy him a dictionary and a thesaurus because it's not working. Um, and the other part of this is, and I, I've fallen guilty, uh, fallen into this sometimes. You know, I want you to focus on what's happening rather on what you think should happen. You know, I can get on my soapbox too and and and, and argue about the Fed, but Powell doesn't care. He's going to do what he's going to do, and so our job is just to make money with what we're given. So, and same thing with Congress. I'm I don't have a vote, so whatever they do, I'll I'll respond and I'll do accordingly. But um, the and the other part of 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 uh, you know some of these these uh, election themes, you say, oh, taxes are going up. Well, Biden's going to have a heck of a hard time getting the taxes that he wants. We're already seeing that. They, he ha- he basically has to run the table of the Democrats. And the same thing with the infrastructure bill. That's not going to be two plus trillion dollars. They're not going to have it. So you know the reality is is, is coming to bear. And do me a favor, you know, uh, my whole thought is you've got a, all you folks out there with Robin Hood accounts, Fidelity accounts, reading Wall Street bets, and I'll put my uh, work, research, thoughts, analysis up against anybody's, and we're making money. It just flat out works. I mean, what if it works? It is working. We're seeing that with a portfolio that I shared with you last week. We're, we're uh, you know, we're, we're in, in different groups and themes than anybody else out there as far as I can see. And so send me your stocks and ideas, and I'll offer a strategy for them as well. Please stay tuned, but please share this with with your friends. Next segment is my themes and groups. And um, uh, I I sold Hero, the the Global X video game and esports. And I I tout my self-discipline. I talk about it a lot, um, and I follow it. And so uh, the first part of the the self-discipline is after a big move, and this qualifies as a damn good move. We made 14% since inception. Not great, but, you know, it beats a sharp stick in the eye. And when uh, anything closes below the 200-day moving average, I usually say sell a third, but these are small dollar amounts. And uh, so I just, you know, uh, sold all of it. If I had a larger amount of money, I'd, I'd use the other two parts of the sell discipline. But... Paul Tudor Jones has talked about in the past, a legendary hedge fund manager who made a fortune shorting the 1987 crash, said nothing good happens below the 200-day moving average. It's kind of like uh, uh, football coaches saying nothing good happens after midnight. Uh, You know, you never hear about uh, shootings at a Bible study. It's always a nightclub at 2 in the morning. It's the same kind of thing with the 200-day moving average. So um, uh, now, you know, there are exceptions to that. Uh, But anyway... Uh, we sold uh, uh, video games and esports. It's been good to us. Uh, I wish them well. And 
you know, I'll change my mind if, if things develop in the future. But for now, here's my take. I like gaming and esports. I think it's a great trend. I think the money has been made for now. I think there might be a little bit more of the, uh, uh, you know, moving to reopening plays that is playing in here. The multiples were pretty rich. And uh, so we made our money, and, and I'll take it. Um, you know, the other themes, uh, and this will kind of go into the inflation argument. You know, we were in these months ago, Bitcoin months ago, uranium months ago, inflation uh, beneficiaries, cannabis to a lesser extent, copper, uh, we were bullish on that before most people were, sugar, soybeans, wheat, corn, the softs, agriculture, um, and, and, and shorting bonds. So we've got a portfolio that, that's pretty well designed for what we're seeing right now. And I just ask you to be honest with yourself, go look at yours and is it behaving like ours? And if we add value, you know, please join us and, and adopt some of our ideas. That's all. Uh, my next, uh, 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 segment is gray swan. And I really don't want to have a weekly <laughs> entry in, in, into this, but I'm not going to be an ostrich either. So, uh, last week we talked about China, Taiwan sort of being a, a back of the economist kind of story that if it makes it to the front page of the journal, it's, it's going to be hurting stock prices. This week we have, uh, again, in the economist, which I really enjoy, they have, they've got great reporters all over the world. They have a, a, a global view. They're not U S centric. And uh, I learn things, and I hope you do too. Uh, Israel and Hamas move closer to war, and um, uh, you know, and I, being cynical, I kind of say I kind of thought they were always at war, uh, but this is accelerating even by uh, Jerusalem and and and, and uh, Holy Land standards. Um, uh, May tenth, uh, Palestinian militants in the in the territory fired more than 1,600 rockets at Israel, which is a very small country, as you as you know. Uh, and, and Israel, in turn, has carried out hundreds of airstrikes, and it's continuing today. I, I just got a notice on my on my phone as I was driving here to the studio. So uh, the UN is meeting; it's intensifying. I mean, this is this is the most intense round of warfare since 2014. Um, Israeli bombs destroyed three tower blocks in Gaza that were, that were housing the uh, uh, offices of Hamas, the, the militant Islamist group that controls the territory. Uh, Hamas and its allies have fired huge barrages of, of rockets at Tel Aviv and southern Israel. Scores of people, mostly Palestinians, have been killed. So uh, uh how this impacts stocks and groups, I don't know. Jerusalem has a very vibrant technology community, so that's part of it. Uh, does this spread? Does it impact oil in the Middle East? I don't know yet, but I want you to be looking out for this and have the antenna up. I already have it in my Google alerts, and we'll see how this develops. But I don't want you to walk in on a Monday morning and something crazy happens in these gray swan areas that that surprise you so i hope it's helpful you can tell me uh, down the road podcasts of the week i'm a big fan of uh, on the tape guy adami danny moses dan nathan um and and they talked about the drucker miller op-ed uh too and and really kind of echoed uh, my sentiments that you know we don't need to be doing all this and i think politically they've sort of trapped themselves that they have to keep printing money 
and I don't know how the unwind is going to go. I doubt it goes well. Uh, I, I draw yourself to, to uh, uh, well, this is my take. You know, watch the markets if, if the, the bond buying that I mentioned is tapered. Go back to 2018, and uh, this has to be done very gingerly. I mean, the Fed was, was you know, doing modest 25 basis point increases, interest rates, and, and, and modest tapering of the bond buying, and the market hated it. Went down 20% in, in you know, about a month right before Christmas. So, um, uh, you know, I'll be watching this. A lot of other people will be watching this. But, uh, you know, this is, this is going to – it's a very difficult corner to get ourselves out of now that we've painted ourselves into it. And, uh, or the Fed's painted themselves into it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, next, reporters of the week. Inflation surge rattles markets. And this was the news of the week, except for Elon uh, and SNL, which, by the way, is not funny. It is not funny. And uh, he, he was probably funnier than expected, expected, but I thought SNL stunk. And I also think that the story we talked about last week with the SEC, look, SEC looking at him and how he uh, uh, influences uh the, the price of, of, of digital currencies, uh, meaning Bitcoin and Doge, uh, that's going to be, be problematic. The SEC is going to take a look at him. Scott Galloway agrees with me. But th- I, I put this chart up here, and I really recommend you go to the YouTube channel because it really puts it, this in perspective. The, uh, you know, this is inflation going back uh, to 1960. And you obviously see the mountain that occurs in the, in the late 70s with OPEC and the oil shocks and what have you. And it's obviously been pretty benign for the ensuing 40 years. But last week, uh, the market was surprised. I don't really think they should have been. Showed consumer price up 4.2%, the biggest rise since 2008. And you say, eh, why do I care? Well, because if you buy a, uh, a used car or truck, it's 21% more expensive. Uh, uh, household energy, up 6%. Uh, furniture up three and a half, uh, uh, airfares are up 9.6%, gasoline up 49%. So uh, the Fed can say this is this is transitory, but it's hurting people's wallets. And it, it's, it's uh, this is Gwyn Guilford, by the way, who, who wrote this great piece, but the chart is worth the price of admission. So if it's transitory and we chomp around here at, at uh, you know, two to 4%, okay, don't care. I've also shared that chart in the past where 2% inflation is the sweet spot. And once you go, you know, much, uh, much to the right or to the left, it's bad for stock prices and their valuations. So 4.2 is, is rate of two and, and stocks didn't like it. And it isn't, it isn't uh, cataclysmic yet, but, but stay tuned. And then Barron's, which obviously uh, is owned by the Dow Jones, both Wall Street Journal and Barron's. Are, are, uh, are tied. Barron's is the weekly that I really enjoy. Uh, it's the cover story here. And this is great. Um, great story by Lisa Belfus. Inflation is here and harder than it looks. Why is time to worry? You know, not a subtle title. And uh, I started underlining the parts I wanted to bring to the show. I underlined basically the whole damn article. So I had to show some restraint in the interest of time and bring just a couple of the of the points, but it's worth reading and uh, and worth going to the link. Uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart Chairman Irv Blumkin was interviewed. Uh, they are they were bought by Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company, years ago. 
uh, uh, he reports the price of one shipping container uh, over the past six months has gone from $3,500 to $10,000. So nearly a triple in six months. Um, uh, short on containers, suppliers are out of storage. And, and halting production, exacerbating Blumkin's order backlogs that are six times what they were a few months ago. And, and broadly, uh, Blumkin says his vendors for just about everything uh, have increased price multiple times over the past three months, uh, anywhere ranging from 3 to 8%. So that doesn't sound transitory to me. And we'll check back in the next three and six months and see what happens. But that's just one example, and there's many others. Um, other part of this is the the inflation figures. Uh, you know, uh, we don't have the luxury of, of ignoring food and energy the way the Fed does in in a lot of their pricing metrics. So, but you can't help but notice, and I can't. Seventeen percent jump in existing home prices. You probably have an anecdote. I've got a friend uh, had an offer. You know, had to uh, put a house up. Uh, and uh, multiple offers, and then received a cash offer that was fifty thousand over the asking price, and he hit the bid. So this is happening left and right, and that's what happens when you have three percent mortgage rates. I know that was a cash offer, but you get the idea. Um, and I didn't realize this; I never really thought about it. Um, for the average American household, food, energy, and shelter are are fifty percent of income before taxes, and all of those are going north, all of them. So. You know, uh, so my take is it's not the 70s yet, uh, but it's not bullish. And you can say it's not bearish, but it's not bullish. And, and, you know, you can buy and hold if you want to be a holdler. But again, nothing happens. Good happens under the 200 day moving average. And so, you know, uh, if you don't have commodities in your portfolio, listen to us because I think we can be helpful. Uh, I'm very grateful that we found uranium, for example, and uh, I hope we can help you down the road. So that's the show, folks. Please sus- also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes underscore and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app. Tape your questions and email to Bakes at BakesTakesPodcast.com or, or write in if you'd prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you very much, Mike. Have a great week. This is Bakes. And for much-needed levity, uh, Pablo Francisco does about 100 voices in this one skit. I'm exaggerating, but it's still great. Little Tortilla Boy too. It is silly, but it's funny, and I think you'll enjoy it. Have a great week, and I'll see you soon. Take care now.